We just out here skating, you know, every day we do so. Let's fucking sir! Let's go! We in this bitch. I really didn't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is modern day hippie shit. <laughs> Three, two, one. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of MDH TV. You know, today I got a special guest here with me. Y'all, y'all have heard of him before. He goes by the alias Mazu. Why's this go, man? It's good to be back, Tom. It's good, good man. Back, How you been? Chilling, chilling, chilling. Um, just ready with this podcast. Um, we we have a lot to say, and and a few time that we are given, and you know, we we hope people are listening to this. It's a good message. Nah, for real. You know, um, my my boy, um, Hoff, he he he's done a lot of great things. You know, since <laughs> uh, he's been on this podcast, I I feel like I see him in a new article or some shit. Every, <laughs> um, you know, from working, you know, yeah. in big city, Big Apple. Just tell me a little bit about that experience. You know, tell 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 the um the pod the viewers how just what you've been up to. You know how college has been um the connection you've been making it and, and really you know take us through this journey you're going on because you know like you know i just want to you know you know don't act like you know i'm not trying to you know wax your johnson or nothing but this this is a, a kid you know we came from the same high school same neighborhood garbage neighborhood um and you know he came from a single parent household yeah. so, uh, um, so, you know, a lot of adversity, a lot of struggles. And I just want y'all to hear, you know, how how well he's doing for himself. <laughs> well, once again, Tommy, bro, thank you for having me. Man. It's just always a blessing to be able to come back and say some things. But, you know, first off, you know, when I was at the Big Apple, you know, tackling that, the first objective when going there was I'm coming in in a different field, right? Um the first thing I did was I started listening to this audiobook by Sun Tzu, The Art of War. When you're, oh, when you're yeah. heading into an unknown territory, an unknown environment, the best thing you want to start doing is looking at your P's and your Q's. You know, what is it I'm good at? What is it I'm struggling at? And then how do I improve on what it is I'm struggling at? Then from there, take that to the next level because you want to be able to always, once again, go ahead above and beyond and you know when i was there of course you know it, you got to see it all you yeah. got to see the before you um keep going just just for the people who don't know what were you doing in um new york why, why did i was you... working at wall street so um i got yeah. an internship at wall street um and when you're at wall street what do you see you see rich cars rich rich watches rich people and you're working with people that make money and that's their only legit goal, right? So when you're there, the first thing I was thinking, the first thing I was looking at was plain and simple. How am I going to come back here? Because I like being around this environment. And when I'm in this environment, what must I do in order to stay here, right? So it was consistently being on my toes, right? P's and Q's, you know, what it is I'm bad at and avoiding those things. Because once again, you want to be able to stay there and then do what you have to do. Because I view myself as someone that, yes, I have the will, I have the motivation, but being an entrepreneur has never been something I wanted to be. I wanted to put me in a corporate situation, I will climb the ladder and I'll continue to rise. So that, that, that is one of the first things that I always looked at and continuously wanted to improve, of course. Now, in regards to, you know, looking at my, the adversity that I had to fight back, you know, when you come from single household, single parent household, right, uh, being a first generation student, right, if you look at all of these titles, I don't look at the titles. I look at who is Hoffman Madzu and what must Hoffman Madzu do, right? 
a lot of people don't look at themselves that way. So it starts with who you are individually and what are you willing to do in order to go on, move forward and continue to strive for the next level, right? Yeah. That, that's first thing, you know, my yeah. bad for turning you off, but that's no, something that I, I've noticed, you know, um, with you, with the type of people that we hang around with, the type of people we want to surround ourselves with is we kind of have these um, non-victim mentalities. A lot of people where we're from in our community, you know, they have these victim mentalities, which, you know, not saying they, they, they may be victims, you know, they may rightfully so be victims, but, you know, the adoption of this victim mentality gets them to accept, you know, where they're at and use these um, things like, um, I didn't. I only had a single parent household, or my parents got divorced, or I went to a bad school. They use these things as roadblocks to stop them from advancing, and that's why you know, you know, like I know to you, to me, like the shit I'm doing to me, it's not a big deal. You know, it's like something we're supposed to do. You're doing like to you, it's probably not a big deal, but to the outside world looking in, because we have this different mindset they're looking at it as like, wow, this dude is so, yeah, yeah, which like that is, that's true, but you almost can't get caught up in that because it kind of stunts your your growth because like you said, what is Hoffman Mazu supposed to do? Hoffman Mazu's not uh, a kid from a single parent household. He's not a kid from, and he's, he's doing what he's, he's a dude on Wall Street, you know, and that's what he's doing right now. And, you know, and, and, one of the greatest quotes that I ended up getting, and this was from an anime, I'm a huge anime lover, as anyone can tell. It's from a volleyball anime. This team actually lost, but on their banner, they always said, we don't care about the memories. As in, tomorrow you can be the greatest guy on Wall Street, or tomorrow you, or yesterday you can be the greatest guy on Wall Street, but then you can be awful the next day. Yesterday you can be the king of your university, Next day, you can be complete garbage. Growth mentality comes from, I don't care about what titles I have. It's every day I'm doing something that must be done, right? So sometimes it means leading an organization, starting an organization, right? What, what must you do in order to do so? Because my next goal now is, I believe I'll have a lot of opportunities outside of college. But now how do I bring opportunities to UNLV? Because that's where I come from, right? I come to you, I come from UNLV. I wanna now bring these opportunities to these students. Why? Because I believe if we just see it, when you see it, you'll wanna do it. Now, of course, not everyone will wanna do it, that's fine. But as long as I get one student, right? That one student becomes five students, that five becomes 10, that 10 becomes 15, that 15 becomes 30. And it just keeps going and going and going as long as sometimes people just need to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like a really big thing. Like a lot of people, you know, I always get, go back to this and it was kind of just like a relation I have for myself, like a big, like aha moment. I was like, bro, my, my dad was born in and um, my dad was born in the it ended in 65. Like, that's when the bill was signed and shit. So I'm like, damn, this is crazy. We're still so early on in this space of, you know, Black people and just, quote, unquote, oppressed people being, like, quote, unquote, equal um, citizens. Well, yeah, equal citizens. And as far as you can do whatever a white person can do legally, like, it's not like you can't invest or you can't go down these avenues. And we're like probably the first generation that's like really got that or at least has a few people that are going to turn into more people. The more generations goes on that have that mindset of, oh, I can do this. I can be a pioneer. Like a lot of people, they never see it, like you said. So they never think that they can do it. But once you start doing it, it's easy. Like I've gotten into... um investing on um, real heavy the, these last couple months so i've been um putting i put in like 200 bucks about a week into the mark stock market about 150 in the um, crypto i want to talk about that a little later but 
I realized I'm like, bro, and and I start getting like dividend payments and shit. And I realized I'm like, bro, like this isn't impossible. I'm literally on my phone doing this. It's like, and it's so easy to do. I remember I had a Nike stock and the Nike stock was less than the Nike shoes. And I got like a dollar back for the dividend. I'm like, dang, it's crazy because I know I probably spent thousands of dollars on Nike shoes that I don't even wear no more. Or I don't even know where it's at anymore versus putting that somewhere. It's just because I didn't know that. And I know so many people who also don't have that information, that knowledge. So I think it's great that you're um, bringing back, you know, things that you're learning in New York and, and literally where it's happening, because I've been in New York before. And I understand the energy like, you know, when when they say New York's the hub of America, like I get it, like the energy level there is like everybody's doing everybody's on go and it makes you feel like you got to be on go like what that's where wall street is that's where like so you know i just um you know i, I just want to say good shit for that money like it, it's really great to see you know just people in general especially you know niggas i grew up with and, and young black men you know creating these avenues for other people like us to see oh we can do this shit too it's not impossible yeah. yeah, I mean, when when I look at things, it's always about legacy. What will your legacy be when you leave this earth? You can be the greatest banker, you can be the greatest doctor in the world, but if you don't have a community or any legacy behind you, then you have nothing. You're left with nothing. Um, the greatest warriors learn from those before them. They weren't just created. I look at for example, a great example would be someone like Elon Musk, right? His father and mother were millionaires. He, did, he didn't just inherit their money, but he inherited their mindset. Great warriors inherit mindsets. And then from that, two things can happen. Either A, the mindset will be awakened in them, or B, they will choose not to use the mindset that is given to them. No, yeah. I look at it from the standpoint of, I can, I can breathe, I can see, and I can walk. I will do what I must do for the next generation because it's not about me. The way it's I view not. it is I'm heading towards a higher and higher, higher, higher upper echelon. What now I must do is stop shooting the ball, start passing the ball. Because at the end of it, as long as we win the championship, that's all that matters. Exactly. And, and, and that's sometimes something. I would have to be the coach. Sometimes you have oh, you to can't be the star player. Yeah. And sometimes you got to be the second role. Sometimes you got to be the last nigga on the bench, just bring your energy. And exactly. it's like, you know, that's what I'm realizing too. And I'm glad you said that. I've realized it's not even about me. It's not even about the shit that I can do. It's like really about waking up you know, the younger generation, because like I'll be in class and shit and I'll literally be 30 V1. I'm arguing to everybody in the teacher because their mindsets is so fucked up. So I'm like, you know, I got to damn near martyr myself. I got to put myself on the sword because one, I know I can take it because I already I've advanced like my mindset far enough. I know this shit's temporary and like it really doesn't matter at the end of the day, but I got to do it in order to show, you know, melanated kids and just people in general. Cause like, I, I want to eventually get past this fucking white, black and whatever society we live in. But right now it's a color world. So I got to call it how it is. And, and mainly we got to help. I feel like we need to help the black youth understand their power because that's going to eventually go on to help the entire world. But, um, yeah, I just want to show them that, you know, you don't got to put yourself in this box they try to put you in. I I did this, um, my my project for one of my classes, yeah. um, it was called Uncle, Uncle Sam and the Making of a Nigger, right? Yeah. I'm preventing, presenting this shit in front of class and everybody like, what the fuck? I'm exp going through the definition of nigger and shit. And... I want to ask you, when you were growing up, what did the word nigger mean? Like, what were you told it, the definition was? Just black. That's it. For real? Yeah. See, when I was growing up, I was always told that it was a word for an ignorant person. 
And and back in 1992, the definite the dictionary definition was um an ignorant person of any race. And now they've changed the definition of being um black, a uh, uh, contemptuous term for a black person. And I'm like, hold up. I look at shit like 500 years in the future. So I'm like, 500 years in the future, I want black people to be over this fucking word, nigger. Like, so when we look in the dictionary, it's going to automatically tie us to it, meaning they never expect us to get over it. And that's why, like, I just got to push back on these ideals, even if it makes me look like a fucking coon, if it makes me look like a fucking whatever, because I know at the end of the day, the niggas coming up that hear this message, that's going to hear the music, that's going to see the vision, they're going to get it. Like, it's like niggas our age damn near already too far gone or, or definitely niggas older than us. So we got to like really try and just speak to the youth and, and leave leave these breadcrumbs for them to you know find their own way and then speaking of youth um this brings us to our next um avenue that i really wanted to talk about which is manhood right um there is wait wait but before we we dive super deep into because because this is something i really want to talk about too yeah. before we dive super deep into this um you yeah, know no, the masculinity and all that I want to talk to you about the, and this is going to lead into that. I want to talk to you about the Tory Lanez and Meg Thee Stallion tribe. Now, have you been like following up on that at all or knowing um, what's going on with that? Here's my first take because this is what it will sound like. And, you know, uh, hopefully you use my fake name. Yeah. <laughs> and, on the podcast. yeah you know, which I think a, you will. Yeah, as a preface, um, yeah. for everybody who doesn't know, Meg the Stallion and Tory Lanez, they got in an altercation in I think 2020. Yeah. Um leaving no, a I, no. Oh, you're letting the audience know. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm letting the audience know. Yeah. Um leaving up leaving the party and um uh allegedly Meg the Stallion said that Tory Lanez shot at her on feet, saying dance bitch, and a whole bunch of shit. Now the evidence is kind of pointing towards uh it looks like Meg the Stallion and her best friend got in a fight over people they was having sexual relations with. And uh probably the best friend took the gun, shot at Meg's feet. Tory Lanez took it out of her hand. He might have punched her when he did it. And um, yeah, so basically the trial's going on right now and you know, like like I said, the, the verdict hasn't came out, but it's looking like Meg has been lying this whole time, trying to pull the nobody believes black women card, yada, 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 try to frame Tory Lanez for some shit he really didn't do. And, um, you know, it's just real telling because in the comment section, I see all these women really going to back for it like she didn't do anything wrong. And I think this really brings us to what you wanted to talk about. And it's this attack on masculinity and like kind of the feminization of men, um, especially here in the West and the U.S., um, is getting kind of really blatant. I think, you know, really the Johnny Depp trial and and this Meg Thee Stallion, Tory Lanez trial, we can really see that. So, yeah, so, I just want to hear your thoughts. What's your thoughts on the Meg so Stallion? Hopefully, when, when you uh, write a special guests, please make sure you write Moz, because, you know, they're, they're always going to try to search me up. They do that a lot on Wall Street. So my first take, right? We can already see that in Sodom and Gomorrah, this was already written in the Bible. When you turn a society with addictions, so porn, right? Making men into women, right? And all these other non-traditional things, you get the fall of an empire. Why is this very important? People weren't understanding what's going on. China came out just recently, months ago, said in 2025, they're going to be the largest power in the world. America should be very scared. That's I think not that's a joke. True. That's not a joke. Why is it not a joke? Chinese government are killing Muslims and Christians in their own country. They have the mentality of, we are here to conquer and we are here to dominate. We do not care. Why is it important that we have strong men? Well, 
let me put it this way. When I'm walking down the street, right? I have less of a fear of a group of eight girls walking towards me than a group of eight guys walking around me. And in the world that we live in, all of a sudden, men and women are equal. Yes, in the standard fact of equal rights, yes, right? Because it's- Yeah, I don't understand how they don't Now, get hold on, now, hold on, now, hold on. I, I know we're going to get into that aspect. But here's the first thing I want to ask. To every girl that always is saying toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity to this, that, where are you when the roads are being built? Where are you when the water you drink are being made by men? Where are you when the transportation you drive are being created by men? Nowhere to be found. And here's what I always see, and I always call it this. It's a hypocritical world. We pick and we choose. We pick and choose when we want to be feminist and we pick and choose when we want to be traditional. Yeah. All these women yeah. choose when they want to be traditional and then choose when they want to be feminist. Yeah. I say this. If you're going to pick and choose, stay picking and choosing and don't try to be quote-unquote moral. Stay picking and choosing. I mean, that's and what... These two trials... Hold on, so sorry. These two trials are showing you that, right? We're seeing that front and center. We're seeing that front and center. My thing about, like, women and men is, like, the only reason, like, women act this way is because niggas allow them to. That's true. It's like, part of me is like, bro, I can't really be mad at them. It's like, it's kind of our fault. So I can't be mad. I can't be too mad at the women. I think the real problem comes with um, this just, like, believe all women theory and, like, all this shit, as far as it applies to, like, modern-day things. Um, you know, I agree with you about, like, all the historical stuff you were bringing up as far as, you know, when men kind of built the foundation of the world. And, you know, I think, you know, just now the, the type of time and space we're living in, we kind of forget that. And we forget that, you know, that structure has you know, always existed just within humanity. So we're exploring the structure of that structure. Who knows where it's going to take us? Who knows what it's going to do? Um, But, you know, I will say, I think, like, a lot of the time, like, dudes try and put it all on girls. Well, I feel like it's really more our fault than the girls' fault because we just let them, like, we let them do this shit, like, there's sure. enough niggas that are letting them do it. So, like, I can't really put too much on the females because it's like, there's not even, my thing is, like, there needs to be consequences for for this shit. Like, um, Meg Thee Stallion's friend, she didn't even get questioned or t- tested by the police for none of, no evidence, none of that. Um, They just took Meg's word. Like, and um, they fucking, they didn't even talk to her until like two years later. Now it's coming out. She might have been the one to shoot and cause the whole shit. So it's like, you know, it gets real dangerous when it's this blatant and you just see this and, you know, nobody's really talking about the real point. You know, nobody's really saying the police, you know, we can't have legal structures acting like this. You know, if people want to act like that socially, if dudes want to, you know, just let girls do whatever, then whatever. But as far as, like, the police can't just automatically believe all women. That's crazy. Like, that's literally insane. And when you see it here, you see it in the Johnny Depp trial where he almost lost his whole... Well, I don't know if the police did, but um, he almost lost his whole career... And you see, like, these women, they really just get a slap on the wrist. Like, they'll never get no jail time. they never get hit with any of this. I'm pretty sure he had to still pay, like, part of her, like, lawyer fees and shit when he won the trial. Um, You see, Ye has to pay Kim K 200K a month in child support. When they have 50-50 custody, he pays half of all the shit. And she makes, she's a billionaire. He's not even a billionaire. So she makes more money than this nigga. And he still has, so that's just crazy. 
So it's like you see all this in society and it's like we can't be working with the system that automatically believes all women because it's, you know, taking out the fact that people are deceitful, no matter if they're men or women, like just people. So if you act like only dudes are problem, I think that takes us to the real issue is like this attack on masculinity right now. Like, you know, fuck, fuck, you know, what the girl's doing. I think the real problem is this attack that we're having currently on, um, you know, what it means to be a real, real. Possess those masculine traits that have made so many great men in the past. It just, you know, you. It comes down to the statement of, you know, this was state. This was foreseen in, you know, the Bible, the Sodom and Gomorrah story. This was going to happen when a society starts following those certain aspects and they leave the traditional routes, there, there will always be consequences. I ain't gonna lie. And I've, I've like kind of always said this as a joke, yeah. but I was like, um, like, I would say it to like Christian feminist girls. I'm like, how can you be like feminist when the Bible's kind of sexist? Like it kind of is blaming like women forever. <laughs> You know, people get mad at me for pointing out like shit. And it's like, I didn't write this shit. I didn't say it. I'm just letting you know that there's a contradiction that you're living in. And I'm just learning people want to always live in contradictions and not be questioned about them. So, you know, like, I feel like, you know, just to, to stifle that argument, because I, I just want to make the argument clear. So, because there might be people that, well, I don't believe in the Bible, yada, yada. So, I just think if we look at like fallen empires, like the Roman Empire, you know, they got to a point where they controlled so much and they were like so, you know, they they just lived so worry-free almost that they just started doing a whole bunch of random same thing with the Greek Empire. Started doing a whole bunch of random shit and the basic structure of the empire broke up and i think that's what's going on in america right now uh i don't know when you know it's going to reach the boiling point maybe after our generation maybe like when we old who knows but right now things are getting very weird they're changing the definition of women men um they're changing all these definitions so it's like getting like actually really scary out here this is like kind of the modern day burning of of um, Alexandria. Yeah. And, you know, when, when you look at one of the main factors of why Rome fell, they lost their traditional values. It always comes down to values. The moment you lose the values, of course you're going to lose, right? The Sodom and Gomorrah Empire right in front of you, same thing. Greek, Greek Empire, the same thing. And so when I look at that, we're heading towards that course as well. You run away from values, there are consequences. Values are made because when you stay with the values, you don't have a consequence. Stray away from the values, you have the consequences. And it says that in the Bible all the time. A great, the greatest example I can always give to someone is, you know when they say, the moment you get power, don't overextend your powers because there will be consequences. So in the Bible, there's a story about King David. So the moment he got to his power, he ended up killing one of his generals to take his general's wife. From there, God put a curse on him because what did he do? He overtook his power. And with everything, and it's always even seen in every movie you watch, every show you watch, with great power comes great responsibility. You run away from responsibility. With great power and great responsibility also comes great consequences.
There is no, oh, I'm just going to run away. Another great example I can give you, sports terminology-wise, everybody, Kyrie Irving, we can use him as a great sports terminology, wanted to be leader so bad, right? Look at him now. Kevin Durant wanted to be a leader so bad. Look at him now. Sometimes, it's like what we said earlier, you have to be the second guy or yeah. you just have to play your part. And, and, you know, circling back to that, with great power comes great responsibility. You know, I think, you know, women, a lot of the time, they kind of misconstrue, you know, at least my point of view. I don't know about most niggas, but it's like when when we say when we criticize y'all, it's because like y'all are so powerful. I feel like you know, I don't, I don't think that men and women are equal. I feel like women are more powerful, and that's why like I feel a duty to protect y'all almost because the world is so dangerous, and we want to act like the world is isn't dangerous. And you know, just on top of that. You know, niggas is dogs, you know, so like if and it's and it's unfair, but we live in an unfair world, you know, we just yeah. gotta be real. Like dudes gotta build themselves up to be somebody, girls, as soon as y'all bored and y'all are somebody. So that being said, niggas are dogs. And if you allow if like our society of women are on the internet being promiscuous. And I don't even mean to sound like, you know, a motherfucking, like, real, like, whatever type nigga. But if y'all on the internet, on OnlyFans, doing porn, shaking ass on Instagram, all this shit. And like I said, niggas are dogs. They just eating that shit up. It's going to destroy the society. So, like, you know, y'all cannot care. Like, I'm not saying y'all have to care. But I'm just saying, as Hoffman said, realize how powerful y'all are and what y'all are doing. And, like, if y'all are cool with that, then, like I said... It's really not even their fault because they can do whatever the fuck they want. It's our dude, it's the dude's fault. We're the ones who need to be disciplined. But women know how powerful y'all are because it because it's really dangerous, you know, and it's kind of ruining the world. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I wanted to talk to you about, you know, you you on Wall Street and shit, you know, about stocks, you know, about crypto. I want to talk to you a little bit about um, next year that they say, you know, Bank of America um, Amazon yep. into a recession about right. 1,700, what, 175,000 jobs about to be lost a month, mainly right. they're thinking, um, what's, what's your whole thinking as far as how is this going to affect the market? Uh, the market is already down yep. right now. Are we heading to another, like, a way type recession, a bigger recession. Like, what's your whole? What What are you thinking? Where are they saying down on Wall Street, man? And you know, for the audience right now, I hope you guys tune into this part. This part is probably the most important thing here. It's very important because financial knowledge is very, very important in the coming age. First off, I look at market volatility. What is going on with commodities? Commodities are the biggest expenses currently right now in the current world, right? There is a war in Russia and Ukraine. Those two countries hold about, we can say, more than almost 50% of the wheat commodity. Why is wheat important? Because that's what you eat almost on a daily basis. At some point, no matter what it is you eat, it has wheat in it, right? Now, if the two countries that provide the most amount of wheat are in a war together, what does that mean? That means now the market is going to react to that, right? So, okay, let's look at that part, right? Now, let's, let's that, that's wheat. Let's now look at cars. What are going on with cars? Carvana is said to almost be bankrupt by next year if they don't sell enough cars. What is this good or bad for the day to day consumer? This is a good thing. This is a good thing. Now, of course, my, you know, my, my blessings to all the employees and all the people that work at Carvana, but for your every, everyday average to average consumer, if Carvana goes down, a lot of prices for cars will also go down with it, which means the stock price of Carvana will also go down. Right now, they already are in a $9.5 billion debt. 
if the debt increases, right? What will that mean? Who's going to be able to pay for that? Banks are not going to give Carvana a loan. We already know that, right? Because they owe so much already. What 10 times out of 10, what we can see from the following banks, and these are three banks I know for a fact that will try to do something. Goldman Sachs, because their, incomes, their income statement is very good. And if you check out their income statement, you look at their assets, you look at the balance, you look at their liabilities, and then, you look, and then you look at their stockholders' equity. They have a lot of equity that they can dispose of. It's more than the debt of Carvana, but they're not going to use their equity for that because remember, the way Goldman Sachs makes money is based off of mergers and acquisitions. The next thing you got to look at is Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank right now, when you're looking at their balance sheet as well, focus primarily on their disposable cash. They have a lot of disposable cash that they can throw out. Why is that important? That cash can be used as a loan forgiveness to Carvana or as a loan ownership to Carvana. So the third bank that we have to look at, and this is an actually an elite bank, which is Jefferies. Jefferies is now starting to merge more with general acquisition with car companies. What that means is, Whoever they work with in Jeffries is going to play a critical, critical and pivotal part into the incoming market. That's on the car side. You now look at the real estate market. The next thing we got to ask ourselves, why are banks starting to buy houses? That's very important, right? We saw just, I think it was four to five weeks ago, JP Morgan now own a couple of real estate home ownership. Why are they doing that? because they're already foreseeing what is going on in the future market, right? So what does that mean? That gives us more openings for home buyers at an all-time high. I view when the market is volatile, it's almost one of the best times to start buying and start saving. Why? Because prices will go down and now is the greatest time to do so. Yeah. Now, one of the only issues that stands in our way is going to be the playmaking of the Federal Reserve's rate. They're already upping up the BP. They've already upped it. What's going to happen if we get closer to a further recession than what's currently going on, they're going to up it one more time. They're just going to increase it one more time. When that happens, cars are going to be at best the cheapest price. So for example, if you were to see a car, a 2017, RAV4, that cost maybe 13K. I'm going to send it. So. Well, welcome back from our first commercial break. Hope you guys are enjoying this, you know, really, you know, powerful conversation. Um, But yeah, yeah, you know, Maz, he was just talking about, you know, the car prices going down, the Fed Reserve raising those um inflation rates, which, um, what you're saying, you think they're going to do one more time before, and that's going to cause a, a what real steep um drop in the market again? Because you know, yeah. the market dropping continuously these last three, well, really all year, but especially these last uh, three to six months. Yeah. And I got into it about in August when it was already down, yeah. and started you know doing dollar based um buys. And I'm down like 150, which I'm fine because, you know, you're not really, you never lose in the market. And the shit I sold, um, I sold for profit to buy some other shit. I'm really deep in the activism blizzard right now. And before we keep going, we're not financial advisors. We don't know what we're talking about. But, um, yeah, like, um, I think, like you said, whether you want to start getting into it right now, it's probably going to keep dropping or just save your money to buy shit up once it that last rate goes back up um you know it sucks like you said it sucks for the people who are losing their jobs it sucks for you know some people but for the everyday american this is the greatest time for us to take advantage while yeah. these are so low um bitcoin uh i want to talk about crypto in a little bit but yeah actually let's let's get into crypto a little bit like what do you yeah, go ahead um what do you think about crypto, the FTX situation, Sam Bankman-Fried? Um, what do you think the survivability of 
crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum, those, some of those main coins, do you think this is something viable or do you think um, this is something that's going to die out? I always look at who is the tradesman, right? Who's the dealer and what does the dealer want? The IRS wanted to hire 80,000 more accounts just this coming year. They didn't make that movement just because they wanted to do it. They did it because we need to now hold the accounting on the accounting side of crypto because doing taxes for a day-to-day -day basis is easy. Crypto taxes is different. Why? Because for the first time ever, there isn't a middleman, right? You take away the middleman, that means now we have to create new law. So FASB on their accounting side had to go back and now emerge new laws, teach new style of accounting because this accounting is also part of the future, right? Crypto is a part of the future. So when I look at survivability, it'll come down to the accounting of crypto. How well is FTX's balance sheet? How well are some of these crypto companies balance sheet? And as you know yourself, crypto is going down, down, down and down. It's just plunging, plunging, and plunging. But I say this, the same thing could be said in 2016, right? When crypto was just starting to come down, come up slowly, slowly, and slowly, and slowly, and it started to take off in 2020. When, when did that happen? Which was during the pandemic. So the way I view it is, you have to always look at the market. The market will tell you everything. The stock market plays the greatest factor into everything. And I learned this from working on w, the W Street. You have to look at what is the market indicating and the market will tell you itself like, hey, today's gonna be a good day. So what are we looking at? The world is going down itself. The market's going down, crypto's all going to go down. Eventually, it'll start to gravitate and start to slowly move up, right? Which means when things are down, it's best to buy when they're down. Because imagine this, Tesla's stock is gonna to continue to pivot, right? You buy Tesla when it's maybe at $50, because I think right now it's like $189. No, you it's buy Tesla. right now. And I got, in, I got into it in August when it was yeah. 260. So I'm down like 90 bucks in Tesla right now. I literally had yeah. to buy a whole another stock when it was at 150 just to get my average cost down to something that was like, kind of respectable but yeah tesla's going to keep dropping elon musk is actually fucking selling tesla stocks which some yeah. people are saying he doesn't believe in i kind of think that he's like giving people like us a chance to buy that shit up yeah because i believe in tesla i don't think it's going nowhere no, 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 i think that's that definitely going to bounce back once certain companies reach a certain echelon it's very hard for them to come down it's the same with facebook and meta Meta is not going to go down that easy. The accounts that are working there aren't just going to let that happen easily. Now, of course, the worst thing that they can do is commit fraud, but they're not going to do that. They're going to look at the books and they're going to look at, okay, what can we do in order to make sure we have enough when this debt keeps happening? The first thing they're going to do is they're going to start cutting employees because employees, whether we like to admit it or not, is the most expensive thing in a company they're the most expensive expenses of a company so you take away the average do you know what is the first year average salary of a software engineer at meta slash facebook two hundred and sixteen thousand dollars yeah. base salary they get a guaranteed 50k bonus whether or not they perform well guaranteed so add 50K to 216, that's $266,000, right? Now multiply that maybe times 100. It's a lot. It's a lot of money. And remember- Plus you got you just, insurance. Mm -hmm. So that's- You got insurance, you have- And remember, you also have to remember that, plain and simple, they don't even have to perform. They're still going to get their money's worth. So yeah. Elon laid off a bunch of people from Twitter. Exactly. $400 a day. Lunch exactly. Yeah. Like, nigga, 400 a day? Yeah. Are you serious? 
Yeah. You know what I could do with $400 a day? I'm putting that shit in the market every day. And, but here's the thing. And, and that's where like people will say, oh, you know, people that work in these big firms should try that. Those big firms don't allow us to do that. You sign certain contracts, they don't allow you to do that. So it's called day trading. And you've probably heard of day trading and insider trading by now, right? Yeah. So let's say if I were to work at Meta, the moment I work there, I have to be there for at least three to five years to get stock opportunity, which quote unquote allows me to do one day trade. So if I were to trade and buy a stock, I'd have to put maybe $1,000 into just one stock. Even if another stock is looking really, really well, and I want to put it in that one and put my eggs in multiple, multiple stocks, I can't do that because you're breaking company rule, company law. And technically, you're also breaking insider trading because you're the person working within the stock. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they should be able to do that shit. And that's true. That's why there's our laws and requirements that are must be there. That's why we have accounts because the accounts are going to make sure the bankers are doing their job correctly but and we're not breaking any laws i kind of want to get back to to crypto and bitcoin yeah. you know because i kind of think you know this is going to play a real big part in the separating of um the classes like the true separating of classes mm -hmm. and like you know they we've been talking about this this you know building gap and divide between the poor and the rich in society. And it's going to get to a point where this motherfucker is going to be used. Like, there's already practically no middle class, to be honest. Um, but it's going to soon be like, nah, there's really no middle class. It's like rich and poor people. So yeah. and I think Bitcoin is going to play like a real pivotal role in this. And, you know, while it's down so low, I think this FTX shit, I think it was a government op. I think it was a government ploy to get people scared of Bitcoin, to sell their shit, get people to not believe in it. And these prices are going low and the banks are going to swoop in and buy a bunch of shit. And in a couple months or years, um, Congress is going to bring it up. Well, they're already kind of talking about FTX, but they're going to bring up crypto and the regulation of it. They're going to try and regulate it. When that happens, the price is going to shoot the fuck up. So that's why like, you know, it's supposedly supposed to keep going down to around like 11, 12, 11K. Um, right now, I'm dollar-based average buying. I'm down in it, but I just keep putting money in there every week um, because I think, you know, it's going to be a real game changer. Um, the two, the two again, not financial advisors, but the two um, stocks I'm really pumping right now is Activism Blizzard because Microsoft's about to buy that. It should be a, a quick, easy flip. I, I kind of have like 25 stocks in there. I got like 11 or 12 right now. And um, um, just Bitcoin and Ethereum, like, you know, Ethereum's almost at just a ban. So I'm looking at trying to have a at least one, if not two Ethereum coins by, by March. Um, and, you know, Bitcoin, you know, it's a little more, but my goal is to have a whole Bitcoin by the end of next year. That's my goal. I just want one, if not more. I really, I want to have like 10 total, but my goal is to have like one by the end of next year. You know, I realized like, you know, talking about um just adversity and how you handle it. Like this year, I was like in a down bad spot. Like I was the brokest ever, man. I went negative in my account. Didn't even know I could do that shit. Yeah, you can do that. Um. But I just had a credit card. I was just like, damn, like I didn't even know I could go negative. Like I was like, what the fuck? So yeah. uh it says overdrafts and shit. But um like then I started working, I just started getting back on my feet. And now I'm looking and it's towards the end of the year, I almost got uh about five bands invested. Fucking uh got a promotion at a good job about the work work my way through those ranks. Yeah, congrats on becoming that manager, bro. <laughs> um or super supervisor. But um yeah and fucking just you know I, I'm realizing like dang that just happened in like 
maybe six months of me kind of having my head on straight. So now I'm really excited going into this next year on some what can I really do while, you know, focused dialed in. You know, I'm really pursuing this music stuff now. So um, I'm getting shit ready for that. I'm just like really dialed in and just really ready for, you know, to see that jump and, you know, both finances, investments, assets, um, you know, exposure from, you know, right now to, to when we get back on this pod this time next year, you know, like, well, what are some things you're looking forward to next year as far as growth and some things you want to accomplish? What, what are some things you want to do? I gave a speech this year at UNLV that that was great next year I want to be able to help more students get internships um I've said it many times and I'll say it again UNLV has skill they have talent we have some of the greatest students and you know what we can fight right but we belong there so I, I would want to have at least eight students that join my organization get internships this year four students in my organizations got internships um, two of them are going to go in the big four of accounting, which is amazing. Um, one of them is going to do Procter & Gamble. I believe she's going to be doing M&A with Procter & Gamble. And then the other one, she had an internship with GameStop Corporate. So the, the, the reality of it is I to go into this next new year with more opportunities given and more opportunities earned. Um, if the opportunity is not there, create it for yourself. And I'm a big believer in that. Even if the world is against you, you can still do something, right? Um, I, I know we don't, we're not an Ivy League school. That's okay. I know we're not Lehigh University. You guys, I believe, are like a 15% acceptance rate school. It's very hard to get into your school. I know we're not that. But we have the skills, we have the inabilities, and we have people that can make things happen. And the way I view it is, if we have those people that can make things happen, let's go and make things happen. Um, yes, it, it will be a fight. No one said it'll be easy because, you know, whenever I, I, when I created this organization, a lot of students that go to your school work in banks, like a lot of them work yeah. at bold, either bold bracket banks or elite boutiques. Lehigh is what we call a and I don't like to call them this, but you guys are a part of this. Your university does have this ability. You guys are a, what you call a feeder school. You yeah. guys feed people into banks because you're close to New York and it's hard to get into Lehigh. You guys get scholarships from people I've never met yet. I've heard one of the scholarship donors there at Lehigh, your university used to be the Dean of Columbia. So, you guys have that reputation. UNL doesn't have that type of reputation. What can we do? We got to work harder, right? And, and you know, it sounds, it sounds easy to say, but it's hard to do. And sometimes it's doing more than what someone would have to go to Lehigh would have to do. But that's life. You know? And that prepares and, you more. Yeah, and you even said it best. Life is not fair. It's not supposed to be, bro. It's yeah, it's really not, bro. Because I'll be it with niggas at this school, and I'm like, bro, I'm going to be real. Like, the kids I was with in 10th grade was smarter than y'all, bro. Like, y'all really don't know what I'm doing, bro. Like, it's crazy. And, it, and, and you can think that, and you can say fair. that, Tommy. But remember, network is your network. It's not about what you know. It's who you know. Who you know is very pivotal. Whether Who's it's more who. Who you know is way more important than what you know. <laughs> I'm going to be honest in this world that we're in, who you know, because just look, look at, you know, everything that matters. Like, look at Nikola Tesla versus Thomas Edison. Look, oh, wow. at, yeah. look at, um, look at HBCUs versus PWIs. Look at freaking Amazon versus eBay. Look at, you know, look, it's, it's about who you know and who you can be connected with, you know. And I say companies, you're like, well, what are you talking about? These are partnerships. It's who they know, you know, yeah. just your scale. If you want to go smaller, look at your coach. 
and look at the if you want to if you're in high school look at your coach and look at the coach of you know all these um schools that get all these bishop gorman. yeah look at the bishop gorman coach and look at the valley coach it's not that they're that huge better than all it's just that they have connections to get whoever they want you know it's about who you know and not yeah. what you know how good you are we live in an unfair world and as soon as you realize that you'll have the advantage over everybody who thinks it's a fair world because yeah. a lot of people do. And, you know, you that's why there's that essence of talking to people. You have to talk to people. You have to talk to people in order to get to a certain outweigh because those people will open doors for you, right? If I were to go back to my freshman year, I would do exactly what I'm doing now, but even more connection, like reaching out even more. Hey, can I talk to you a coffee chat? Hey, can I do this? Hey, can we, can we, because those are the people that are going to go out there and talk to you. And then the second greatest ability is the ability to talk. You have to learn how to speak. You have to learn how to speak. If you don't speak, it's like what they say, closed mouths don't get fed. You don't speak. Okay, cool. Bye. Why, why should they pass you the ball? A great example is always like, you ever play a sports game, right? Since you play basketball a lot, you ever play five on five and there's always that one guy in the corner and he just gets to the corner and then just stands there, doesn't say a single word to you while you have the ball, while the game is going on. But he expects you to pass him the ball without saying anything. And then he gets mad at you because you didn't pass him the ball. And the first thing that comes out of your mouth is, why didn't you say anything? It's as simple as that. One of the greatest teams ever, whenever you see them play, the greatest skills that they have is the ability to communicate. The Golden State Warriors are a perfect example of that. Say what you want to say, but those are the skills. You communicate, then you, as you communicate, you network. You communicate to this person. Oh, I communicated today with the VP of blah, 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 blah. Now the VP of blah, 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 blah is going to talk to their boss about you. Then their boss is going to want to see you because they're like, you know, who's this mysterious person? You talk to the VP again. The VP now emails the boss with you in it. Now you're talking to the boss. You're talking to the boss. The boss says, oh, I have a friend here. I have a partner here. It is a network and it's a game. It's, it's a pure game just like this. Talk you get fed. Don't talk, you don't get bread. Easy as that. You can't expect Tommy Anderson, the point guard, to shoot, give you the ball when you're wide open if you don't say, hey, Tommy, I'm open to your left. What does me looking at you, you like this do? Nothing. You'll just look at me, okay? You didn't say anything. How do I know that? Especially if my back's turned towards you. Especially if you got a lot of people already calling for the ball. Why would I pass it to somebody who's not? It seems like you're not ready. You know, you know how uh Mass he he spent a lot of jewels for y'all here, man. You know, and like I said, just look at the position he in, look at what he's been able to do, bring to, you know, the city of Vegas. Um and in a good light, you know, not not a Raider stadium, you know, he he's producing, you know, avenues for for people to use. Um, and th this is, you know, what you want to see. And, you know, and, you know, don't don't want to cut you off for your ending here. Um, Tommy, you already know I do people's taxes for free. We do people's taxes for free at UNLV. Um, if you want your taxes done virtually for free. Tommy, don't don't be scared to give them my email. Um, they'll reach out to me, um, Tommy. If you, as long as you make less than sixty k, we will do your taxes for free at Vida. So yeah. don't, be, don't be afraid to reach out to me. Yeah, um, we do I'm, people's I'm, taxes. Tommy, just reach out to me personally, and then I can get my team that I'm the department head of that to do your taxes pretty quick. Just. Yeah. Um, you got any last words of advice for, you know, if you had to tell the people one thing, you know, that they need to do just one quick thing that they need to remember or need to, um, before we get out of here. So, you know, they just pinpoint and really can focus on 
improving that within themselves, especially in this next year coming up? Learn how to talk. I don't care about anything else. Learn how to communicate with others. I don't care if you're a shy person. I don't care if COVID made you shy. Learn how to communicate because closed mouths do not get fed. And, you know, I think that's a perfect way to end it off. You know, thank you, Hoff, you know, for showing up, bro. Another great conversation. Um, you know, men, um, you know, we're going to have a real, I want to have a girl come on here because. Oh, yeah. I, I want to like, man, I, I don't want to have a debate per se. It's probably going to end up turning into a debate. I'm not going to lie, but I want to have a conversation about, you know, just the direction of, um, you know, where shit is going with, you know, the dating, um, you know, the dating game you play and just women in general and masculine and femininity, feminist movement, all that shit. But, um, yeah, again, thank you for coming on. Hope y'all took all that shit in. <laughs> Hope y'all get y'all marbles into stocks and not shoes. But, you know, we, we about to get out of here. This is MDH TV with Mass the God signing off. Peace. Peace.